Hello, and welcome to the Emerald Gamescast episode 47. That's our episode that is going to be completely about Hitman, and only about Hitman, Agent 47. My name's Nolan. With me is... Still mad that we didn't name the last one Agent 47007. I'm Janelle. And with me also is... I'm Alex. What's your favorite Hitman game, Alex? I haven't played a lot of them, to be honest. Um, I I did replay a bit of the first new Hitman game, if that makes any sense. I think they just call it Hitman. Yeah. Um, and a story that I'll talk about in a little bit. But... Okay. Okay, this episode is not actually about Hitman, listener, but it is episode 47. It is November 27th, day of recording. And uh, out outside of Hitman, you know... How are you guys doing today? It's the it's the day after Thanksgiving. Did you have some pretty good? I know I had some pretty good meals. I, well, I cooked our meals. You, had, you cooked so a I damn good meal too. Who had some? What did you make? Meals. Like all the fixins, like all of the Thanksgiving foods, except for there was an incident, which was we didn't want a whole turkey because we're just two people. Yeah. You know, and everyone else thought the same thing, so there was no turkey breast. So I had to buy a whole chicken, which is fine, I guess, but. Our oven's freaky, I guess. It, like, doesn't work half the time. So when I pulled it out, it was undercooked, right? Whatever. So it, looked, had... it looked it looked beautiful on the outside. And yeah. then we, we, like, cut into it, and it still looked beautiful. All pink. And, and then a little further, and it was yep. pink and raw. Yeah. But yeah. that meant yeah. that I put it back in the oven. And I only meant to put it back in the oven for 30 minutes. Then I took my iconic Thanksgiving nap, as you do. And Nolan's on the phone with his dad. And, like, here's the timer go off for this chicken. And doesn't get it and leaves it in well, there for I, an extra I was, two hours. I was on the phone and the and the and the timer went off and I and I was like, okay, Google, stop the timer. But then I didn't think. Oh, oh, there it is, listener. Do you hear that? Why did you do that? <laughs> did you guys hear that? I told Google to stop the timer and then I just thought. Well, I didn't think at all, really. Actually, <laughs> I just kept talking to my dad. <laughs> Until the chicken was blackened, absolutely blackened. Oh, Still no. absolutely blackened. Tasting pretty good somehow. It's not absolutely blackened. He's painting a wild picture the, of the chicken. The bottom, chicken. the bottom of the pan the, was absolutely blackened. Yeah, and it was pretty dry, but it was still like actually pretty good. Hickory. Yeah, you could mix it with chicken. some stuffing or whatever, right? Yeah. Now, did you guys get a uh, frozen chicken? Is that why it was so raw in the middle? Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, it was more frozen than I thought it was. The uh, whole outside yeah. seemed totally good, but the inside was fucky. Now, before we, we get on to the news and also some things that <laughs> I imagine... Alex, you're probably thankful for a little gift that Google sent to you, speaking of Google. But uh, before we get to that, remember on Halloween we talked about Halloween games? What? There's not any Thanksgiving or Christmas games. There are, are there? stupid Christmas games. There are well, like bad a Christmas games. Couple Christmas games, yeah. Um, the no, there's, hey like the, there's the Polar Express. The Hey Tuffle boyfriend DLC is Christmas themed and it's really good. What about oh, Thanksgiving yeah. games? Yes, has anyone ever seen a Thanksgiving game? Am I allowed to talk about the publication I work for without them? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I pitched a story where I wanted to try to find games made by like indigenous peoples and talk about it for Thanksgiving. But they said that we were avoiding the holidays because of the publication schedule. So I would know, except for I didn't look it up. Should have done it anyway, but <laughs> Did you ever play that game by the um the oh I forget what the the, the Inuit peoples. Um I think I know is it called 
Vision? I couldn't tell you what it's called, but it's about uh, a little child and an Arctic fox. And it's, oh, I also know about that, but there's one about an Arctic fox and and a little child. And it's like a platformer. And they will have, it's not a great game, but they have these cutaways that explain this legend that the game is representing uh, hmm. with, like, Inuit people. I think it's called Never Alone. Okay. That sounds cool. Yeah, listener, it's a neat little game. There's, so listener, there's one for you your, if you couldn't get that published. This is your late Thanksgiving homework, listener. Look up some games by indigenous peoples. Yeah. Go do that. Go find yeah. some fun stuff. I bet there's a bunch on Itch.io. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's gotta be. Um, on the on the inverse side of that, do you think you know how there's like Bible games about Moses crossing yeah. the Red Sea and stuff? Do you think that there is like some really terrible game about Columbus or something out there? <laughs> probably, probably it's gotta like, be like, yeah. probably like, like the, 1492, the Grand Adventure. Probably like the kind of computer games that like kids are expected to play to learn things. Yeah, yeah, like like the Oregon Trail, but like you get scurvy instead of. <laughs> Whatever the one you get in the Oregon Trail is, you dysentery. know what it is, listener. Dysentery. The one where it comes yeah. out of both the sides. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> that was this Thanksgiving. Alex, you got an early gift from Google. I want to hear about it. Talk I did. about your early gift from Google. I did. So because I subscribe to YouTube Red or whatever it's called, every once in a while, Google will send me um, offers. Um, and one of them was a Google Home, which is like, whatever, I'm not going to plug that in. I don't want Google to listen to me at all times. heard about that on you the podcast. A, Apparently, we fell for it. You have a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but there's like a degree of separation there, right? I don't want anything on my person that can track me at all times. I get what you mean, though. Yeah, there's, there's like a, in my brain, at the very least, there's some degree of separation. Right. Sure. Um, but they also sent me a Stadia set. And we've talked a little bit about Google Stadia. Um, Google Stadia is technically a, a free service. It's a streaming service, so you can access it from anywhere. But what they sent me was a controller a and an HDMI dongle that I could plug into my TV and have it be, like, through Stadia. Um, yeah, no no box. Big, big no deal box. in the marketing about no box. They really made a big deal about that. This is Just a dongle. This is so fucking It's like crazy. a Chromecast for video games. You guys remember when you could play Assassin's Creed origins on your chrome browser is <laughs> yeah that was like that yeah i mean that yeah that's exactly what it was that okay. was a test for stadia wasn't it so now you have the little dongle you have the controller i have a dongle i have a controller and they also gave me because they gave me a dongle and a controller they gave me three months of i forget what they call it but their little subscription service to make it so that you don't have to buy games you get a rotating number of free ones kind of like a streaming service might have like netflix um, but more accurately, it's a lot more like, uh, what's the name I'm looking for? Game Pass, right? Is it, is it like Game Pass where it's a whole catalog or is it like League of Legends Champions where it's like, here's the four you can play this month and then we'll change them out for a different four next it's time? It's somewhere in between. You know, There's you a decent amount of games, but, but they do you don't do have like the out. whole catalog for free. No. You can't no. just have that. Okay. Yeah. But there are, but there are a decent amount of games that, that come out on there. Um, How's the controller? The controller feels really nice, actually. Um, it is shaped kind of... It's like a perfect cross between the what I like about the uh, the Sony controllers, so the PS4 and PS5 controllers, and the uh, Xbox controllers, where it's got this really nice heft to it. So it it's has... a dual sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Both my senses are being stimulated by this controller. Yes. It's got um, haptic feedback triggers, or uh, not haptic feedback, what am I looking for? Um... Pressure sensitive. I always forget if that's digital or analog triggers. Um, it's got both of the 
little thumbsticks at the bottom towards the bottom of the controller uh, at the same like width and distance apart when it comes to controllers i'm pretty sure analog is anything with a like non-defined amount of range of movement like that would make the most sense yeah not not like just binary pressed or depressed basically yeah 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 but the controller actually feels really nice. It has, it, it, like I said, it's a perfect hybrid of these controllers, and it's a very nice heft and weight and size. It, it, it's good. Um, but so I decided to put it to the test the other day and play some games. I was talking about this before the podcast, but mm-hmm. I, I said this earlier, but Hotline Miami is one of my favorite games of all time. I think it was in my list of that year. And with the subscription, they also gave me a free $10 to spend on anything in the, the Stadia store. Because you have to buy Stadia games, and I'll get to that in a sec. But uh, I started playing Seems through like Hotline Miami. Defeats the purpose of it being a streaming platform. But... It's it's so weird, and, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I really okay. don't know what this who this service is for. Um, okay. Like, I don't know, but but I started playing Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami is a game that requires a very like fast twitch, like you have to be paying attention and moving and doing things as often as you can. Game. So I figured that would be a great game to put to the test with Stadia. And it works pretty well. Hmm. Pretty well. It's definitely not great, but, like, it's functional. And for free, apostrophe next to free, right? Or, like, little asterisk. Yeah. Um, That's that's fine. To right? I get it. Clear, it looks... you're not, like... When you say streaming, so you're not downloading the game, are you just like prep? You're just clicking on it and it just starts. Is that how this I, works? Yeah, I open my Chrome browser, I scroll down my library, and I press play game, and the game oh, just launches in full screen. This, they don't even have like a Stadia launcher. The Stadia nope. is for people who use the Google VR headset, that like really shitty cell phone one, and oh, like it. Daydream. I used yeah, Daydream for a bit. It sucked. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> I had it too. It sucked. It's for those people. Daydream is like you want to watch. You want to. Look at a 360 camera of one room of the Louvre. You can <laughs> one room, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they actually had some 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 pretty cool like tours, but I mean, okay, okay. So it's, so back to the Stadia though. Yeah, the, but that's that's a really interesting thing though, because it's like who Stadia is for. The game selection is weird because you have games like Hotline Miami. You have a couple of fighting games actually that they really really pushed those. Now that's a real test of of uh, power there. Yeah, it's a fighting game for a streaming service. Yeah, you have that one uh, Power Rangers game that I guess people really like. Um, that we like talked about that SRPG one, the... one. No, no, it's a uh, it's a fighting game. Oh, weird. Okay. Oh, we I talked remember. about yeah, it in the yeah, first yeah. episode of this podcast. I had it confused with that one game that is like not actually Power Rangers. It's called oh, something else. It's I know like what you're a talking tactical about tactical RPG. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they had that. They had Samurai Showdown. Um, but it's like it, if people are gonna be playing these games, why would they not want? Well. I'm going to answer my own question here. Why would they not want to just get a machine that can run them? And the answer is cost. Exactly. Yeah. It, well, 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 air well, quotes. It, 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 you, you pay the the price for a subscription or for a game that, uh, you know, gets you off the hook for the investment of several hundred dollars of a console. You don't, you don't even have thing. to have a good computer. You could have like a Chromebook. That's the thing. When you're comparing similar services like... Um, PS Now is, I think, what they call it, which is apparently yeah. just, like, a laggy nightmare mess of a system. And It's, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh... Uh... Was OnLive was the other one, but... OnLive. OnLive on just on apparently just is... P- I think PS Now actually bought... I think Sony actually bought OnLive. That, that would make a lot of sense. Now. Yeah. Or, like, um... Well, there's... 
some other streaming service. No, no, no. It's not. Games. But it's not a streaming service. It's. I was. I just said it. Game Pass. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, but you still have to have a good computer for that. That's what I was gonna say. Mm. Yeah. With Game Pass, you need to have. It's running on your hardware, right? Yep. yep. It's the equivalent of buying a DVD or Blu-ray or 4K or whatever versus streaming it through Netflix, right? And just like that, you own the thing that you buy. You don't own whatever you're streaming, and that can be cycled out at any time. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's so extra scummy to me that they're, like, selling these games for full price, by the way, on Stadia. Yeah. If I was to buy Samurai Showdown, it costs $60. Like, and at any point for any reason, more so than any other service, because I think Stadia is kind of struggling. They could just pull it, take it away from me at any point. It's, it's, it's weird. And it's like, like I said, I don't know who this is for because you get this very low resolution game that runs surprisingly well, all things considered, but it's not great, right? Like it's not the ideal way to play this. So I feel like the market they should be going for is like, quote unquote, casual gamers, right? And trying to select more, again, quote unquote, casual games, right? (laughs) <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead. And the way that Google always gives things, like, we have two Google Homes, not because we paid for them, because Google sent them to us, because they always just give away their shit for free that nobody wants to buy. <laughs> nobody buys it. In the mm-hmm. same way that, like, they convince people to, like, you know, get a new cell phone from Verizon and you'll get a Google Home. It's like, for parents who probably aren't going to want to spend a ton of money on a console, but Google tells them your kids can play video games for cheaper, I guess. But, but it's for them. Yeah. But it's not even for them. I, I don't know. I feel it's... like it, it kind of makes sense to me if you consider how other manufacturers like Microsoft are sort of looking into making streaming a pillar of their, their uh, brand. But it doesn't make sense to me in the sense that streaming as an element of the Xbox brand is a great quality of life addition. It's another option. But picking a streaming platform in lieu of picking up a console or using your computer, I can understand that it would benefit a certain... There's edge cases. I can see why people would go for that, but it doesn't seem to be enough of them to to make it any kind of serious competitor to anything else that's available. Yeah. I yeah. guess it just seems weird. Like it would make more sense if, if like, like I said, like Microsoft said, "Hey, now we, you can, you know, buy the Xbox dongle or whatever." I don't know, man. All goes yeah, to the Xbox war chest, anyways. I don't think the idea of streaming games is is a completely insane one, right? I think that there is a market for people that want to do this, and like I said, I think that falls largely under more casual players, but also people that you know maybe can't or don't want to spend money on a a, a computer or a console. That is worth several hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but, and if any company can do it, it's probably Google, given the amount of, like, infrastructure that they have for things exactly like this. Well, this is just, I don't know, more than anything, it's just a problem with Google. Like, I like Google cell phones. I think those are good. But Google just puts a ton of money into a thousand different things and then never dedicates themselves to making any one thing good. So then we're left with, like, a handful of weird things like the Stadia. Yeah. And it's very strange. Yeah, yeah it's, it is. It's, it's hmm. just so weird. And, like, I'm curious to see if Stadia will ever improve or if something will change. Um, but 
if I you're do, able to get a Stadia controller, you can use it on multiple things. Like if you have, you know, a computer that can run Steam games or whatever. I do I do really like this controller. Like sincerely, this is a very well built well built controller, but their service is just borderline nonsensical to me. I you know, I I, I will say I do find it really appealing to be able to click on a game and play it. Because a lot of times you know, you have the money for a big game like Assassin's Creed Valhalla or whatever. I guess what I'm saying is, how many people do you think wanted to play Call of Duty Modern Warfare but heard that it was 200 gigs and were like, ah, if I buy it now, I'll play it in nine days and just, yeah. didn't, and just didn't bother? You know, if people like that could just click on it and launch it, that might actually bring in a sizable audience for certain things that lack that kind of accessibility. But yeah. even then, like the same people that are dealing with long download times are going to be dealing with slow internet um, yeah times and that exacerbates a whole separate issue so i think it's worth noting too just that, that actually oh okay oh yeah i think it's worth noting too that you need to most games on sadia need to be custom edited to like reduce bitrate and issues and things like that like for example well, you're still, you know, you're still the, messing with settings what oh no no you're the games are, are pre-downgraded oh, to be I running see. on sadia like remember how the intro of uh hitman has like a world map that it'll scroll through yeah that's not in the sadia version oh that doesn't um, even so it's seem... not just like downgrading graphics sorry nolan i didn't mean to no no go go for it so it's not just like downgrading graphics it's just like removing some things at certain times yeah and wow that's and downgrading strange. graphics so what it's the like map? there's more the effort like for developers to get your player. game running on sadia it's a lose-lose situation i feel like right yeah hmm very weird yeah and like that's i said hard. The games that they're promoting and advertising aren't the games that I feel like you could really go really far with on this service, right? Like, check, like, put something like, I don't know, City Skyline or Planet Coaster or Planet Zoo on there, right? These quote-unquote casual games, I think, would gain a lot more traction to get a lot more people interested who maybe are not avid gamers, who don't have a, a, a PC setup, right? But might want to play a game like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I think sorry. that's the market they should be going for. If you want to offer other games, that's amazing. But, like, like it, the whole thing is just weird and nonsensical to me. I don't so, know. So can we agree the Emerald Games cast does not recommend the Google Stadia service? I recommend if you're able to get in, like, a year and a half a Stadia controller for, like, 20 bucks in a bargain bin, pick that up. Because it's a nice little thing. It's a nice little controller. I dig this thing. But, well, uh, yeah, for the service, I would say no. You can't talk about anything on this podcast of mine without giving it an official score right now. Yes, it is just, something we're just, known to do all the time. Just kidding. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm avidly against score numbers. But um, if you are, as Alex said, an avid gamer, you might be familiar with a little company called Square Enix. Who? Square Enix, formerly Squaresoft, purchased Enix, became Square Enix, maker of Deus Ex and Final Fantasy. Well, you're talking to the guy with the Stadia. Stadia. He's not an avid gamer. He's a oh, casual gamer what are you who mainly about? plays video games on the Google Stadia. Wait, well, do you Alex. mean Gex? The publishers of Gex? No, the 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 ones that made a... Uh... Oh, God, I can't think of an obscure Square Enix game off the top <laughs> of my head. Uh, Deus Ex The Fall for iOS. Oh, shit, them? I uh, love them. Yeah, man. Chrono Cross, that's not obscure. Fuck, I'm losing my touch. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, Square Enix has a really big, really big, very busy office building uh, right downtown in Shinjuku, Tokyo. And they 
have a lot of people in there typically, but right now there's a big raging global pandemic that is sort what? of... What? What? Is that why Cyberpunk got delayed? Is that why I can't get a PS5? Anyways. Whenever I go to the store, everyone's always yelling at me and pointing at me, but I can't tell what they're saying because they have these masks <laughs> on for some reason. It's so weird. Everyone's telling me to bask, to find a cask? I yeah, I, I, I can't read their lips. I don't know. To go to the... I can't think of anything. Okay, Square Enix. Anyway, <laughs> is this the point of the story? They are moving into a new program um, as of December 1st, 2020, which will have happened by the time you're listening to this. And uh, the bottom line is that they're going to sort of permanently allow an option for workers to work at home while they're, you know, working on development of this game whatever game it is that they're working on, they specify in their release on their website that there's going to be two systems. There's going to be a, a home-based program and an office-based program, but the goal overall is to get, they say, around approximately 80% of Square Enix employees to be home-based by December 1st and then continue to do more later. And there is a, an, another company involved too called Luminous Productions that I, I imagine is probably a, a Square Enix subsidiary yeah, it, yeah they bought it out like yeah. several years ago i forget what they've made but yes yeah so that's that's good to make yeah, it great. make it that's super cool I mean, yeah apparently this is also like a super foreign thing for japan to do working from home is not really a thing like we talked about this maybe last podcast or a couple episodes ago but like i think it was uh who was it capcom that mentioned that like 30-40% of their employees don't even have like an internet connection in their home. So it's wow. like yeah. That's that's such a strange thing. Um but this is going to be I think this will be really cool and I think this will help sort of not only the crunch culture that's endemic to video games but also Japanese work life culture. Yeah. really really improve and be overall better. I don't really see a downside to this especially if it's an option like people can go into the office if they want but they can also do a hybrid thing like it's also a reminder in general that most companies do not need to have people go into the office and that we should yeah have started abolishing that idea a long time ago yeah yeah, yeah. i will say though if you work at the square enix building in shinjuku you, you 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 get to look out the window and see that that uh merchandise store that's shaped like a dragon quest slime and yeah, you uh, went there didn't you yeah i did go there but i you know what i went there on accident though I went there on accident. I was with my friend who, well, I guess I won't say his name. I was with a, with a friend in Japan, and we were, like, leaving a bathhouse. And I just saw a building, and I was like, that's a Dragon Quest slime. That that building is a Dragon Quest slime. I just took a bath. That slime will get all dirty. <laughs> and, then I, and then I went over to it, and I saw a big, a bigger, much, much, much larger building that said Square Enix LTD and Holdings. And um, you know what else? The bottom of it is almost like a little... Little shopping park. They have like a co coffee shop down there and a like a like a noodle store. That was great. Little Cloud Strife, give me top ramen. I I ate in that little ramen shop. I guess it wasn't ramen. It was like soba or something. I totally don't remember. But I remember thinking, if I knew what one single person who worked at Square Enix looked like, I might be sitting right next to one of them. But I'll never know. So in the interest of not like. having known who I was sitting next to, I'll say that I was sitting next to. Uh, the Yosuke president, Matsuda. yeah, Yosuke Matsuda, sat next to me, and he said, "Wow." He he said, "You're going to be 
a great man one day, Nolan Good. And it wow. was great. Yeah. That's a good memory. It's great. That's for very you. inspiring. <laughs> no, but it's a it's a really weird building. You should look it up, listener. It has some weird architecture. It's got like a scale looking design. It's kinda of, it's kinda of cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But if you don't like that if they don't like that architecture, they'd never have to see it again because they can work from home now. That's right. Well they still live there. That's yeah, that's true. They'll probably see it. I think Jason Schreier, <laughs> speaking of living there, I think Jason Schreier said something interesting where he talked about how like this could be really good for a lot of companies to adopt because people move around the country, all sorts of countries, all the time for game mm-hmm. development. And making that not a necessity could be really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Square Enix does so much stuff. So it's not like you have to only apply this to game development models. I mean, even on the website, they mention that Square Enix has businesses including games, publications, and music. That's just the three they named. But I mean, inevitably, the Square Enix building has merchandise managers you know toy does who knows what who knows what the hell they have they have all kinds of stuff the building is it's like a it's literally a skyscraper it's, it's, it's massive yeah so this this could set an interesting precedent it's interesting to see uh where it will go they also mentioned interestingly they had been messing with this some such similar model since actually february of 2020 they started they started staggering people's work hours having them come in at different times to reduce the load of people um, they also had work from home back then, um, and we're doing online conferencing, but they're just now sort of going like full throttle that's on what, it is the new change. That's what my company does. Maybe they'll just start making us work from home because I don't know why I have to go to a building to play Among Us for an hour on Fridays. You know what? You, you and I won't mention what, but when you had that one job and you had to do everything on a computer, you know, you were working with documents and stuff and you mm-hmm. went in and you were saying they were running like windows vista and it would it would crash if you clicked the tabs too fast like it it really makes it interesting to me to think about how much of working in an office is just doing exactly what you could do at home on somebody else's hardware oh yeah yeah. i mean when i worked in an office the biggest thing was that we had like a server there and we had people maintaining the server and like we kept everything in one space so spreading that out, giving that more like variable or whatever could be tough, and, but it's not insurmountable, right? You have a server and working in an office, the only time you ever get to hear anybody say anything about the word intranet. I hate that word. <laughs> Man, I hate the intranet. I hate every job I've ever had that talks about the intranet. Whenever someone talks to me about the intranet, I want to go like, yeah, just let me contact the DARPA chief. <laughs> send my plans his way. I have a, I have a special set of files to send over the ether here. Well, let me fax that to you. <laughs> it's me... the forties. You know, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna move on to something that bugs me. Okay. I'm annoyed. We didn't. This isn't a story. I'm annoyed because we are games journalists, and none of us have a new console. That's a story. And I'm annoyed about it. And I'm annoyed that it's impossible. And that's all I had to say about it. And, and listener, you probably know from us talking about, but not just. For the normal reasons, but because of production shortages and, and whatnot. We, we've been trying, Janelle, you and I. We've been trying so hard. It's tough. We're the losers. Why are we trying so Alex hard? Alex is a Stadia. That's, that's his ninth gen. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I need, baby. God. You know, I just don't know what to think about DualSense at all until I have it in my hand. You know what? The last time that I felt this was with the Steam controller. Everybody was saying the haptic feedbacks are mind-blowing. And then I got one. And they weren't, but the people—the <laughs> people who did say that the Steam controller was disappointing—are the same people who were like, you know, 
thinking like giant bomb i remember the giant bomb guys were never impressed with the steam controller well they're out there saying they're the most cynical dudes on the planet they're out there saying it's great i just want to well, play just Astro jeff Bar. really i just want to play yeah jeff gersman's very cynical actually brad lynch likes a lot of video games a lot of them brad and uh, and he just left but um what's what? his name dan Riker. no not oh. brad. dan left but Thank dan's God. like dan is like a puppy dog dan just loves everything dude if 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 brad lynch had left giant bomb send an application our way you know? <laughs> <laughs> no yeah no brad, brad lynch is not brad lynch is still there brad lynch is still great okay, um, okay all, right, all right yeah dan, I mean, they're all dan great, still but... there abby Russell, no, dan, dan Riker left didn't he yeah. and yeah, so did yeah, abby yeah, russell yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying also oh, okay. also she left yes uh ben ben pack of of the giant bomb cast if you're listening <laughs> i was standing in the line for uh artifact everyone's favorite card game my girlfriend and i janelle here we saw you also in line uh highlight of the trip honestly so honestly hit, hit, hit us up ben ben pack, pack. ben pack please Twitter come on our podcast ben, ben pack, um, pack. well ben bro i saw you at pax 2017 well i didn't because i tried all day to find you Who? ben bro one of the hearthstone guys no longer hearthstone has oh. a mobile game company now but in case you're listening i wanted to say hi to you <laughs> that's all we could have seen him again at PAX this year if it weren't for the the raging. Do you guys think that PAX Pox is responsible for coronavirus? God no, no, <laughs> no. Anyway, okay. It, what else is in the news? <laughs> what else is in the news? Well, I'm gonna leave this one to Alex. Okay, remember that that Super Smash Brothers video game that you might have heard about? Kind of obscure. It's got these weird characters nobody's ever heard of in it. Um, yeah, Pit. Yeah, yeah. Marth. Yeah. Okay. No, no one knows. But uh, we talked about this last episode. There's been, and since then, there's been a couple more advancements about how Nintendo ended up shutting down directly a uh, a version of the game that is modified with a a online mode called Slippy. So a, a melee mod that people wanted to play at the Big House, which is one of the the biggest Smash Bros. melee tournaments. Um, there's been a lot of controversy about that. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, there has been a campaign to hashtag free melee, and there's been several uh, Twitch stream like tournaments that have all been donating a ton of money to charity. Uh, no, with this being done to make it so Nintendo won't shut it down, and also for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was some really interesting information that came out of an anonymous Twitter user. I'll try to pull that up again really quick, where they talked about how they and other colleagues have been in have been working with nintendo and, and with just esports in general we should clarify that the before you go on that yeah. the claims made by this person's handle on twitter is anonymous smasher uh yes. we should we should clarify that they are not the prime they are the prime source here but that their claims were cor- corroborated by several notable smash community people yes uh, and just all esports con- people yes the, and, and including term- tournament organizers and whatnot all confirmed that this was not uh sort of like false information yeah. that this was coming from someone everything who they, who they everything that these people could verify they verified and a lot of them each come with their own information they were like this is all true they couldn't verify for everything but every what i'm trying to say is that a lot of people fill in the blanks and were like yeah this is all true so yes mm-hmm. um but they talked about how they have been working with this for a long time and had several examples of Nintendo's either at best it's mismanagement and at worst it's like maliciousness, right? An intent to like squash any sort of advancements that this game could make. Um, 
one of the most interesting ones to me is uh, so there was a Project M was a modification of uh, Super Smash Bros. Brawl to make it more like Melee, and it was a pretty heavy modification. It changed a lot of the game and was adding things. That team was went on to make a Smash clone that unfortunately wasn't terrific, but what this was, was a big deal. Uh, I think it was called like I had some dumb name, um, but they were Wave Dash Studios, and they changed the name again. Uh, um, okay, but. They talked about how, for a long time, it's been kind of assumed that Nintendo sent them a cease and desist because they did a lot of un, you know, allowed modifications to their game. Um, and it was another one of those legal gray areas where it's like, well, you needed to own the game to play it, and, like, you didn't even have to hack your Switch, to, or not your Switch, what am I saying, your Wii to play the game. You could yeah. play it through an unhacked Wii officially, right? Mm-hmm. Um but they recently came out and said that there was never any official condemnation from lawyers. It was Nintendo people saying, like, oh, we'd love to get more involved with the Smash community, but we can't because, again, this is a weird legal gray area and we don't want to come near it. So a lot of tournament organizers, and you can't stream the game on Twitch. Twitch people were like, you need to stop doing this because this is what's holding the Smash community back. And they they stopped. And they also cited an example of Nintendo wanting to promote a separate game, Splatoon, pouring a lot of money into advertising that at Smash Bros. events. And with them saying, like, oh, we'd love to give more money to Smash Bros., but, you know, you have to let us in. You gotta let us in the door and let us promote our product. And people being like, we gotta let them in, because if we don't, it's holding them back, right? It's make, This is the reason that they're not supporting us. Like, Capcom supports any of their esports. Like, SNK supports their esports. Like, Blizzard, you name it, right? Nintendo has had zero interest in, in promoting Melee as anything more than it existing which is weird considering the amount of you know popularity and money that this game makes and has the potential to make if they if they pushed it um but a lot a lot of interesting personal stories about how people had like nintendo wanting to charge a ridiculous licensing fee which a licensing fee is normal but it's usually like depending on the game a basic licensing fee to be able to stream the game professionally nintendo kept doing like three or four times the amount that a normal licensing fee would be I have a question about that because yeah, I don't what's know up? anything about these things. Would Okay, I don't know what I'm talking about, but would that be just because Nintendo was upping the price or is it like because they have so many different IPs in Smash Bros that like would cost them more money or something? So, like, so I haven't thought about that. That's a like, good point. Like would, would they have to pay like Square Enix, for instance, for that kind of thing? So I don't know for sure. But I know that with Melee in particular, these are all first and second party uh, Nintendo characters. That's true. That is true. I forgot. So that that. probably, if that was a thing, maybe that would have brought it up a little bit. But you also have guest characters in, you know, Tekken. Sure, Um, yeah. And that's still an eSport. That's a very interesting point to bring up. And I think maybe I could see that being a thing with uh, Smash 4, especially, and Ultimate. But I, I don't see that happening in the future but like i said in the beginning it's a lot of evidence that this anonymous user comes to the conclusion of at worst they are being negligent to this community and just kind of like not supporting them when they could be and at worst they are actively trying to do what they can to shut it down Mm -hmm. Uh, which is really sad because you know there can be kind of a wonderful symbiotic relationship here where both parties can achieve their goals and hopefully make something that can make them money and notoriety, right? Like we see with other esports. Um, I wonder if they think that if they like give 
melee, like an actual shot at having a scene that people will pay for ultimate less, which that's... I don't think is true, but I bet that that's, I wonder if that's on their minds. No, I think that is something that's been brought up. They do bring, I think they bring it up if I remember right. Uh, and even if they don't, this is something people have talked about, right? Like they don't want these games to cannibalize each other. But... Which is like silly because at least like, I don't know, I'm not a business major here, but like I know all of us <laughs> would God. own both, right? Like, Oh, I would happily buy Melee yeah. if they like, let me buy it again. I, I still stand by some of the things that I said last week. However, it, like thinking about it more, I am irritated with them for canceling that event because we are in the middle of a global pandemic and let people have fun. But also in general, they just like make it really hard to play their older things because they don't want to step on their own toes. But like... I don't know, man. I want to play older Animal Crossings, but I still own New Horizons. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I, I think that's a very valid point, though, right? Like, there is there is a market for this. I don't think it's yeah. cannibalism, especially if you are releasing in a much older game, right? Like, mm -hmm. and but again, we're not business majors, and it, it it's it's frustrating to hear a lot of these stories that are that just like I said border on negligence and how they seem to be like maliciously wanting to shut down these projects and shut down people you know giving notoriety to this game this like how old is melee it's got to be like well like it came out in 2002 it was a launch title for the gamecube right so like 18 um, years i know all i'm doing is speculating but i feel like I feel like this is half because most video games that we like come out of Japan and half because I don't know anything again. But I feel <laughs> like um, a lot of the companies that I hear about, like game companies doing things that don't make a lot of sense to us are Japanese, like um, how Konami treats any of their IPs or mm -hmm. how Square Enix makes it really difficult to work with them and Nintendo being Nintendo. Um, so, like, I'd be interested in looking more into the, like, Japanese business culture side of it. That is a very interesting point. Like, I mentioned Street Fighter. Street Fighter is actually technically owned by Capcom USA. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, like, really? a yeah, it's, a, it's like this weird licensing thing. Wow. But, of course, they... no idea. Yeah. But, of course, you know, they're a branch of Capcom, right? So, it's, like, and it makes them a ton of money, so... I, I'd be really curious to know about that, too. Um, and I mean, you know, the elephant in the room is, are they going to acknowledge this? And maybe, you know, if they release some sort of GameCube emulator on the Switch, will they put Melee on that, right? You know, it, there have been times in the past where Nintendo has done this, and I can, I can understand the decision. Like, I think the most notable case of this... and. Let me preface when I say understand the decision, I don't I don't mean agree with it. I just mean I get it makes sense strategically. The one that comes to mind is uh, AM2R, another Metroid 2 remake, was a pretty high profile fan remake of Metroid 2, as is evident from the title. Nintendo put a cease and desist on that, and that game got cancelled, but they also announced a 3DS remake of Metroid 2, like yep. right right after that game got canceled but uh i i don't think that this points to nintendo doing anything with melee though yeah which is why it's so strange to me because nintendo i'm pretty sure i can say this with 100 percent certainty ain't making money off melee anymore at that's all. what's so weird in, in any form anywhere uh it's different if you're having your fans poach your market 
for something you're releasing. But yeah, the, the only games are used now. That's what's so. It. That's what's so bizarre about Melee is like I mentioned before. Like maybe an unorthodox way to counter this is to be is to release like is to reprint Melee discs and sell those, right? But like Nintendo could be making money off of this, and yeah. they either choose not to or they choose to shut it down entirely. They could so, even do some kind if of. I'm deal. not making money off of it. No one. Can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would it really be so far fetched for Nintendo to like take some kind of cut of proceedings from tournaments? That's how tournaments work. Normally, well, I mean, like, you get a cut. Why not? It's like you're 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 killing a portion of your dedicated. You're 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 creating ill will with your fans. You are uh, not taking a cut of a pie that you could take with literally no effort on your part and you're actually creating more work and and money that you need to spend on legal matters yeah just seems like a weird it almost seems like you would do it i I don't know man it's just it's like almost out of spite at this point yeah yeah like go back a little bit i've been thinking about last week's episode a lot and like kind of like what you said a minute ago nolan even though last week i was saying like it's their game like if they don't want to risk people pirating it i get it but like just because I understand that making sense to me, like, just let people play your game, Nintendo. Right, like, yeah. By no means do I think, like, well, no one should be able to play this video game. Like, just mm-hmm. make this easier for people and make some cash because yeah. what the heck? It's not something that I think that is, is, is there's no cases at all where cease and desisting a fan oh, of course mod not. of yeah. the game makes sense. Um, but, like, you know, this is obviously, this is obviously very different, but I, I admire the way that sega uh in particular treats their old properties um sega seems to understand the way that their older games get kind of enshrined not necessarily as like complete products that hold the test of time but as pieces of history so here's like a really interesting difference to me nintendo will take a game from 10 years ago and they'll re-release it for 40 bucks with a few upgrades or they will take a game from 30 years ago and re-release it for 6 or $7. Something kind of, in my opinion, just absolutely egregiously overpriced these sort of relics. Mm-hmm. That people want to play, but they're not going to pay for them like a modern indie game. Meanwhile, all the way back in Shenmue 1, all the way back in Shenmue 1 on the Dreamcast, Sega took a bunch of Saturn games and just put them in Shenmue. For no, for no re- just, just to have them there for fun. Yeah, you know. Um, or like how in Yakuza you can go to an arcade and play old Sega games. You can not even that old. You can play yeah. Virtua Fighter Five, which is a PS3 game. You can play the entire arcade mode and versus modes of Virtua Fighter Five. You can play the version of Puyo Puyo that came out in Puyo Puyo Tetris, with which which was an eighth gen game. You can play that version of Puyo Puyo in its entirety in Yakuza Six and in Judgment. And I it's, just mean like they like Sega really gets it. They're like, hey, people love Fantasy Zone. Like fan- everyone likes Fantasy Zone that knows about it, but like no one's gonna pay five dollars to, yeah. to, to like buy to get Fantasy Zone. They're just they're just gonna look at it and go, hey, I I I remember Fantasy Zone. Play it for a few minutes and then move on. But you don't need to make it like a pillar of your your company anymore. It's kind of it's just very strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last thing about this, unless you guys have anything else you want to say really quick, but. No. Uh, just really quick, and I say this with love, Melee fans are fucking nuts. They're completely <laughs> insane, right? Like, yeah. you look at other fighting games, like, I don't know, 
the Marvel's the Versus series or uh, Street Fighter. People are like, oh, I wish this game was more like Marvel vs. Capcom 2, or oh, I wish this game was more like Street Fighter Third Strike. But like, they're not gonna go back and actively play those games. Nintendo is actively trying to stomp out this community. Again, at worst, that's that's the goal. And these people still lug out 18-year-old hardware and TVs. You need to play this on a, a CRT. So picture the big bulky TV that you used to have in the 90s. You need one of those. You cannot well, play you this game on a modern H HD you screen. You don't have to. They have to. Yeah, well, yeah, you yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. yeah. But, like, to get the most accurate... Th like, th these people are, are preserving and lugging out old hardware, like no other like community that i'm aware of and it's one of the most active esports out there not just smash but melee in particular right yeah ultimate and smash 4 both had little spikes and then kind of like dropped down in popularity and like views and overall quote-unquote success however you quantify that but like this is a community that you know maybe they're stuck in their ways and hard to please but like this is a community that really is struggling to keep this game alive and this is a community that I'm positive would be willing to spend money to, you know, do what they can to help yeah. make this a thing, right? Like, Meanwhile, I remember, it, I don't remember very many things from like the Switch launch in particular, but I remember I got to go to the the uh, Tokyo Dome when like Nintendo was showing showing off the Switch, and they had an entire they had an entire stage, they had a whole stage dedicated to Splatoon two. And they were streaming Splatoon 2 matches all day. They had um, shoutcasters, you know. Yeah, they, were they, they, they paid to advertise Splatoon at Smash tournaments, but yeah, not to support any of the Smash games that were being played. They were they were showing ARMS, and they actually had, like, the producer of ARMS was wearing, like, an ARMS-themed tracksuit. And he had, uh, like, really athletic, like, they didn't look like they were video game people, they, looked, they, like, hired, like, athletes and stuff to come up, and they were playing arms against him on stage, and they were sort of hyping this up as this big competitive, they were, like, already announcing, they had, like, three or four tournaments that they had prepped for, for 2017, going out till December, and, and then it's like, nobody wants to play arms competitively, nobody, not one human wants to do that. I mean, you know, they tried to do that, <laughs> and, and that's fine, right? Like, but you have a community right here that is actively trying to keep this game alive that you just seem to either be ignoring or neglecting, right? Like, it, I, yeah. don't, I don't understand it. You but know, there's a oh, game that's that? not... Oh, You know what else is being neglected? What? The release of Cyberpunk. Oh, nice segue. Thank you. That's good. You know what? I'm really interested, actually. I'm going to give a little teaser. I am really interested in this week's uh, best games of, of 2018, which, listener, you might remember is a, is a pretty... That's, that's pretty, it's a pretty big year. Pretty good pretty year games. for games, yeah. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but um, we thought it would be it would be prudent to at least mention that Cyberpunk 2077 comes out in 13 days at time of recording. By time of release, probably less than a week out from that game's launch. And um, my impression of this game has certainly changed since the outset of us knowing it existed. I'm kind of curious on taking... Your guys' temperature, like, after several rounds of delays, after whatnot, this game's around the corner. I know well, I know where you're at, Chanel. <laughs> I've never liked it. Yeah. I get annoyed, in general, when this is partially the audience's fault and also partially their fault. The audience's fault? What the, do they do? Uh, not our audience, like, the audience of their games. Oh, this okay. is your okay. fault, listener. <laughs> no, oh. I've um, changed my tune. The listener. <laughs> I like them now. 
Um, we can call them friends. Yeah, we can call them friends. Yes. Friends. Fuck, what was I saying, the, you guys? The, shut the up. audience of Cyberpunk. Um, yeah. I get annoyed when people are like, X game is going to be the biggest game ever. And oh, the developers yeah. are like, there's nothing like this game. It's the craziest game. Uh, you can't make your penis a size and uh, shoot a guy and, and do the weird A whole dream size chippy just for thing. a penis? <laughs> um, that's annoying. So I've never had a good impression of this game. And I've also always had problems with the studio there. I've said this on the podcast a thousand times, but they're old like weird trans jokes really bothered me forever. Understandably, yeah, I think. Yeah. So I'm not particularly excited. I'm looking forward to watching you play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still where I was, I guess. I'm yeah. just kind of looking forward to it coming out because I'm looking forward to people not talking about it anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. How about you, Alex? I remember, I think this was last year, back when we were still in the studio, we were on the way to the studio and I was just like browsing Reddit or whatever. And I saw that somebody had this post that was like, they digitally, they like made their room in a game engine. I think it was Unity or something. Oh and my they God. Put, no, I remember you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and they, yeah. they modeled a Cyberpunk 2077 like PS4 disc and cartridge to put on the digital representation of their bed. And the like, caption was something like... Did- this is what I imagine. I imagine this is like what it's going to be like when I finally get Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, they did fan art of their bedroom, but it wasn't even game fan art. It's just the their bedroom plus the disc just on the get bed. Get a fucking life. I understand being excited for a game. That's great. That's what keeps people like, you know, this community. And I, I, I get excited for things, but like there's, this is not going to be like the second coming of Christ, right? This is a video no. game. Like chill yeah. out a little bit. I, I also really quick, Nolan, before you say your yes. thing. I also know this isn't the game's fault, but people, when The Last of Us Part Two were, was coming out, people were fucking awful. They were using terrible slurs all the time and saying, Cyberpunk won't have this shit in it. Cyberpunk's going to be a real yeah, video game true. for people like me. And if those Nazis say this is a game for me, I automatically have even less interest than I did before, which was zero. So yeah. I'm not like negative interest before because of those guys. I say where I'm at with the game. Let me say, I doubt that we have a listener <laughs> like this, but some people say the whole thing about games having too much politics and then cite like The Witcher 3 as an example of a game that's just about a cool story and doesn't get <laughs> mired in politics. But like, did you play that game? Yeah. Because if you think that politics are identity politics and that's the only thing that counts as politics what are you even doing man <laughs> kill monster um, or cool man woman, but probably ma- probably man though yeah, to yeah. be honest yeah I, I need to say one last thing I yeah. say that, but I know that Nolan is looking forward to this game I don't think that you're a Nazi because you like it that yes. you're interested in a game that Nazis like I just I'm willing to put more of a distance for myself, but I understand liking games that shitty people like, and I've yeah. liked a, a dozen games that shitty people like. So, yeah. Just, I mean, fuck. Those same people love The First Last of Us, and that's like my, one of my favorite games. So, yeah, but, yeah. Some, but some people like The First Last of Us because they think it's like a morality tale about why it's okay to murder a bunch of people if you're protecting someone. So, you know, yeah. that's a whole different Cool action dude Bagorous. saves helpless girl. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, Nolan, what what are your thoughts? Where are you at now? I'm very excited. <laughs> I am looking forward to this game a great deal. Um because I I got I got burned back in the day in 2013 when I was 
How old was I? I was like I was like 15, I think, in 2013, something like that. When I bought into the idea, I was young enough, dumb enough to buy into the idea that Grand Theft Auto V would be the 16. game to end all games. I was 16. You're right. You do math better than me. That's <laughs> probably why I was so excited thinking that GTA V would change my whole life. Um, I thought there's bikes in this game. There's cars in this game. You can parachute. You can fly a plane. You can do. Uh, you can go to the bar. You can hang out with your friends. There's nothing I can't do in this game. And, you know, games come out, and it turns out they're just games. And they're not like a whole like a whole separate world to step into. However, I expect exactly this and nothing more from Cyberpunk 2077. I expect a big game that's kind of like an immersive sim, kind of like Deus Ex, kind of like an arcane lion studios game where you can interact with the environment and to have good quests and decent writing. And that's it. That's all I need. I... And if the game can do that, I will play it and I will enjoy it. And I don't like that it has become this thing where people are expecting it to change the world. Because what? The Witcher 3 didn't do... People act like The Witcher 3 was the most amazing game of all time. That game wasn't revolutionary. That, that game had the dialogue and the, the choices of a particularly good 1990s CRPG <laughs> with mediocre Xbox 360 combat. That's all it was. Yeah. It's really fun. It's really good. It's a fantastic game. But it didn't, like, change. It was just good. I don't get where this comes from, where people are thinking that they're going to literally live in a different world. Well, these are the same people who talk about how many blowjobs they're going to get in the video game. So well, they're some kind of the same of, people, yeah. They're kind of just losers. Uh, Those ones anyway. The ones who are looking forward to that part the most. I just can't wait to, like, I just can't wait to, like, play this game. You know? I, I, I just, I want it to be out so that that crowd can kind of, like, move on, and then we can talk about the game, you know? Do you think yeah. that I will move on, though? Because people are still mad about The Last of Us 2. Mm. Yeah, no, they're not going to move on. I think that it's going to be, like, one of those weird Skyrim or Fallout mods where the ladies have big boobies. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, um, it will. It will. And it'll have the bad quest writing, and it won't be it that will. good, but it'll be shiny. I think that's what this game is. Uh, I don't think the quest writing will be bad. I don't think that at all. I think the quest writing is going to be the highlight. I think that the... This is, this is my prediction. My, my, my three-sentence prediction. Cyberpunk 2077 will have fantastic writing. It will have janky animations and bad presentation often. It will have bad combat. It will be a good game. Wait, one last thing. That's my pre-review. To disagree with you. <laughs> okay. Um, we have seen bits of gameplay and quests already, and I remember the writing being really bad because it was a bunch of people who are not from, like, you know, they were trying to do the whole, like, L.A. thing, yeah. like, hood thing. They did it really poorly and weird, and it was obvious that they don't live those experiences and they couldn't write it for shit. So I don't think it's going to have great writing because we've already seen that it doesn't. And that's the stuff that they chose to show that us. That makes a lot of sense. But my my thing is that bad dialogue can still live in tandem with good writing. Because you can have a good, really interesting story with interesting implications that has bad dialogue. Because I also think the dialogue they've shown is pretty subpar. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll say that. And I'm it's gonna not, take a... even the acting isn't that good. But if the story can be good, 
Like, you know, like some of Kojima's writing is pretty bad. Yeah. But also his writing is pretty good. You that's know what true. I mean? <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I'm at. Okay. Well, speaking yeah. of Kojima. Well, <laughs> Wait, what was Alex going to say? I was oh, just going to yeah. really quick. I'm going to take a neutral stance on this and think that I I don't think, I think this game is going to be fine, right? I think there's yeah, going to be exactly, things that exactly. I like about it. I think there's going to be things I don't like about it. Same with everyone else, right? I think it's I'm going to really be... enjoy it. And I'm going to yeah. play it for like a month and then I'm going to move on. But I'm also not <laughs> as optimistic as you were, right? I okay. got this game as a gift from two friends who I, I listen to the podcast, but I guess not very closely because I, I have I've never been like super <laughs> glowing about the game, right? In fact, most of what we spent is talking about most of what we spent the time talking about is their like horrible work conditions that they yeah. that keep coming up. But yeah. I'll be playing at the same time as you will. We're looking into having like a special episode where we talk about the game, so we'll see yeah. where that is. Real quick before we end the podcast. We got to talk about the best games of 2018. We talk about the best games of any given year, every episode, since we started, all the way back on whatever episode number, talking about the year 1995. We've worked our way up and we're almost done, but we still have 2018, 2019, 2020 to go. Let me ask you first, Janelle, what is your favorite game of I'm, 2018? I'm going to talk about the less obvious one first. Okay. Florence Great game. is oh. a mobile game it takes about 30 minutes to play and i think it's three dollars it's an incredible little game it's a mostly puzzle game talking about the relationship and subsequent breakup of this couple and it has beautiful music nolan bought me the vinyl it's just a lovely little slice of life tiny little game that's all i'll say about it because i don't want to spoil it for anybody um the one that obviously is my favorite game that year is red dead redemption 2 which Yes. I feel kind of guilty talking about because I've talked about a lot nope. as being no, one of my favorite guilty. games. Yeah. But, um, and I know you'll probably have more to say about it, Nolan. I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I was going to let Alex go first because I assume you oh, will okay. talk about okay. it as well. And I don't want to take over the whole time doing that. I second, I second Florence, though. Not not as my number one, but that's I, it's an excellent game. It's very good. Alex. So I'm realizing now that I don't think I've ever talked really about my thoughts about Red Dead 2 on the podcast. I think I've only said it with you two in person yeah. or over chat. I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the podcast. Don't think so, no. And my thoughts are, I like this game. Um, <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of really cool things about it. I think there's things I don't like about it. Um, if you put a uh, you know, Colt 45 revolver gun to my head and we're like, you better pick one, partner. I would have to say I like the second one, or sorry, the first one more. But I do still think this game does some really interesting things. It tells an amazing story. It has wonderful engaging characters um but i have some issues with some of the like mechanical gameplay stuff on the end and some of the quests are pretty here nor there they kind of hop all over the place in terms of quality in my opinion there's some amazing ones and there's some not so great ones um but my favorite game of that year if not red dead 2 which i think is gonna is absolutely on like a top 10 list for me um is smash bros ultimate I know that that's, like, I, I was just talking about Melee, but I really think that Ultimate is, like, the culmination of, like, what Smash Bros. can be as, like, not just a, a party game, but, like, a celebration of video games as a whole, right? It is I just think, a, a marvelous game, I think. I think Smash Ultimate is more fun to play than Smash Melee, sue me. Uh, I, hey, that's fair, I, that's fair. If I had to pick one, I'd pick Ultimate, but I also respect Melee, but I respect it partially because I... Uh, clearly don't have the motor skills to play it. Uh, so ultimate, I'm actually able to play. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. I totally see what you're saying where it's like, I, I, 
there's a lot more tech skill in in yeah. melee and it's easier to approach ultimate um but melee is like a melee is like a better melee is a better game but i can't i can't play melee and have fun because like the people that are still around to play melee with you you better have done your homework or else you can't play with them and that's where i'm at mm-hmm. yeah but what about you Oh, yeah, I'm at mine is Red Dead 2 as yeah. well. Um, I also want to uh, give... Hold on. I always get the years wrong about games. Someone someone fact check me. Did okay. Prey come out in 2018? 2017. Oh, yeah. and Oh, yeah, because you wanted to make a joke last week about Nolan forgot about Prey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm literally Googling Prey games. It was 2017. It was 2017. Because um, I, I remember okay. after recording, I was like, that was good. I was surprised yeah, you didn't bring up right. Prey, though. And you were like, shit! Damn yep. it! Okay. All right. Then I won't bring up Prey. I'll bring up God of War. Really good game. Really good game. Not the 10 out of 10 people said it was, uh, if you were wondering. That's my official review. Um, I like it. That's the theme of this episode. It's, it's This episode's called I Like It. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, however, Red Dead 2, uh, bona fide two thumbs up masterpiece that's my review of that game um, uh i will also say i've already too i like it i like it, the, <laughs> I, like it. I wasn't i was pretty against that game at, like when it came out i before i grew as a person i used to just say <laughs> that things were bad before giving them a chance i don't do that anymore um but the way nolan made me interested in it was by telling me that you could make coffee and walk around with coffee <laughs> and shave your face and change your hair and that's the shit i like um a lot of people complain about how it's slow you've made a lot of jokes about how you don't want to take 30 seconds to open up a cabinet but i do so it's the perfect (laughs) game for me also real quick before we end the podcast shout out to judgment or if you're japanese judge eyes which is uh, a game that like a dragon studio said is totally not another yakuza game but totally is another yakuza game i think that was our game of the year each last year because Judgment? it came out in 2019. Uh, no, it came, it came out... Listen. We, we oh, God about... damn it. it Engli- did it again. The English in, release. In Japan, it yeah. came out in December 2018. Listen, I watched Tim Rogers play the first few chapters in December 2018. Does that count? Nope. Okay. Well, you get made a game of your year without even playing it. So. <laughs> no, that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's another Yakuza game, and it played exactly like all the other ones. That is so true. I then don't know what you want from me. Next, then I'll say next episode, I'll give it to Judgment. But for now, Red Dead 2... <laughs> Anyways, that was the Emerald Games Cast episode forty-seven. Wait, do we want to answer the the question really quick? Do you think we have enough time? So quick, yes. Oh, what yeah. is it? What's the question? All right, so we got a qu- we got a viewer question from our uh, our uh, Google Sheets response, whatever they call it. I'm gonna have it pinned to our Twitter profile, which I'll read later. If you want to send in an anonymous question or put your name in there, um, and they asked, when I was dumb or when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When I was young, That's the I same thought, thing. yeah. When I was young, I thought women had the innate ability to jump higher and were more nimble because of Lego Indiana Jones. What dumb misconceptions about real life things did you have because of video games? Love the show, even if Alex is wrong all the time. Oh, listener. I agree. I I agree. (laughs) I love that listener. Um... That's really funny because it's true. We do jump higher. We're like cats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You You also, similar to cats... Don't take fall damage ever. You can just jump off anything and land. That's on true. All fours. When Nolan gets mad at me, he pushes me off of tall buildings, <laughs> and I'm fine. It's crazy. Which I can only get onto those tall buildings because, like every masculine man, I can leap, leap and bound up the highest buildings, like Superman. <laughs> I remember you told uh, me that story one time about how you you made her dinner and then you put a cucumber right next to her and she turned her head a little bit, saw it, and sprung out of her chair and like clung to the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> 
But um, well, now she sounds like the the fucking girl from the Exorcist. I love this question. What? Oh god, I didn't read this ahead of time, so this is okay. really funny. What stands out for you guys? Ah, oh, man. Um, I can I. Can I say that on episode 48, I'm going to I'm gonna have a better thought out answer because this is a really fun question and I don't want to waste it. We probably should have uh, saved it for, for next. You know what? Do we want to right save now, it for next well, episode? Well, I'll give my quick right now answer that I can think of. I okay. thought when I played Cooking Mama when I was a kid that I would really, really like uh, cooking. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so it's so easy in Cooking Mama to cook and it's so fun. Um, and it's not like that in real life. That's bullshit because just today he made me food for like the first time ever. And he was like, is this what it's always like? It feels good and is rewarding. Yeah. Didn't he make you pancakes one time and almost burn your apartment down? Okay. Yes. He's like made, he didn't almost burn down the apartment. He makes things sometimes, but like he, he was like, I want to cook. It's very rare. Yeah. Um, my really short one is that I get this from both like video games and movies a little bit but i still have this problem it was worse when i was a teenager where i thought that the way to get people to listen to me was having really emotional monologues at them <laughs> which only pissed off my dad for some reason didn't make him listen to me Mm-mm. surprise you but thought life was a david cage game basically yeah i'm gonna think about this more over the week though and like really come up with the good i am too because this, this is, is really good yeah this is really this is a really funny shout out to whoever wrote this question this is a brilliant question you uh we want to see more of these types of questions, listener. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm between two. Okay. My my normie answer is in uh, in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl and also Platinum. There is a coal mining town, and they talk about how like oh the coal comes from the earth and it like helps power everything. So my conception for a long time was like oh coal is is good because it comes from the earth and we should be doing more like coal stuff. Um, my edgy answer, <laughs> which is not false, is. Every video game where the cops are like the good guy heroes, like in Spider-Man 2018, where they're like, oh, the cops hate you, Spider-Man. But every time you see a cop, they're just like super friendly and good and help the community. And I remember thinking for a long time that that cops were good and worth having. Maybe that'll get cut out. Who knows? Anyway, thanks for listening. That was the Emerald Gamescast episode 47. Maybe by the time we're recording episode 48... I'll remember what year a game came out and not get it wrong. (laughs) But for now, I'm not quite there yet. I've been Nolan. With me has been... Yagami Takayuki. Is that his name? Yeah. Takayuki Yagami. Yagami. Of Judgment fame or Judge Eyes fame? Yeah. Did you guys know that game was called Project Judge before it came out? Isn't that... They should should have been called that when it came out. Agreed. Anyways, also with me has been... Tifa Lockhart, since we're just going to be video game characters now. That's right. And if you want to get in touch with us, send us a really good question. Go to our Twitter... Uh, we are going to have, like Alex said, a, a Google form where you can submit questions. Um, you can also DM us on Twitter, at us on Twitter, or email us at emeraldgamescast.gmail.com. I would like to do a self-plug, if that's okay. okay. I recently got hired at the Emerald to write about video games specifically. So if you want to hear me read, hear, hear me, see me write about them. Read your writing. Read me write them on words online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See Jack run. On the Daily Emerald. Writing is a medium where we can plan our sentences. <laughs> 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 and 
uh, also, she has a really good article this week coming out about the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air reboot. If you're interested in in, in just that's not a sitcoms. video game. And really good, right? I it did just write the best the games of the eighth gen, mostly for PlayStation. Yeah, there's four of them. See if you can guess, listener, before you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways. Ouch. What? <laughs> I did not mean it like that. I meant, I meant for real. Like, if you can see, if you can guess. Anyway, thanks for listening. Come back in episode 48. I'll quit. Okay. <laughs> See you next week.